Hey, 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 what do you say? Welcome to the sixth episode ever of the Drive-In Pod. We have a jam-packed episode with more news than you can handle in today's checkup with yours truly, Dr. Rowe. We'll recap with some of the most uh, highly anticipated trailers of the year. We got a review of Netflix, Netflix's big summer blockbuster, Project Power, starring Jamie Foxx and our boy JGL. And we got a top billing this week of our favorite college films for all the kids heading back to school this week. Let's get it rocking, baby. Get your popcorn ready for the drive-in pod. Yo, 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 Ricky Flex, how are we, buddy? Hey, how are you? How are you? <laughs> oh, so, man, uh, how are we doing? We started, yeah, before we get started with this episode, we got to let the, the audience know we are uh, not going to have uh, D, uh, Nez on this uh, episode. Uh, he's having some technical difficulties with his mic. He'll be back better than ever on their next episode. We'll be, we'll be reviewing Tenet or The Devil All the Time. Tenet. Yes, I know we got to make a big decision there, but maybe we, both. we could just do both, Ricky Flex. We could, but Tenet deserves its own. I feel like Tenet deserves its own epi. I feel like if we talked about Tenet, it would either be an hour-long conversation or a five-minute conversation. Right? We're so gonna you talk got the about movie, it for a while. Or you're like so confused, you want to talk it out, or you're just like, yes, I, yes. I can't talk about this movie because you didn't know what was going on. Yeah, yeah, definitely, I agree, but. It deserves its own. The biggest blockbuster of the year deserves its own episode. That's right. my stand on it. Okay. Okay. We'll roll with it. Um, we also went to the movie theaters, Flicks. Mm. Okay. Do we have any thoughts on our return, right? We, ha- we had our to glorious to- return. Our, our return to IMAX theaters, right? Mm-hmm. We saw yep. Tenet there. How was yes. your experience? Well, it was great to be back. I just – Pulling into the parking lot, seeing the glowing AMC, we are AMC pod, uh, glowing AMC lights in the front. Oh, it was glorious. And then walking in, you could smell the popcorn. I honestly was kind of afraid to get popcorn because of COVID and everything. But hey, they definitely clean everything, all the counters down, clean everything off. So I was like, got to get popcorn for Tenet. Finished it right away before the even the Dune teaser trailer started. And by the way, oh, let's just jump to that real quick. I know the tenant review is until next week, but let's just say something here. Yeah. What the heck was that? I was expecting a Dune trailer. Oh, yeah, that's what they promised. I wrote, I wrote two blogs on this. They said if you go see Tenet before uh, uh, September 9th, you're going to see the Dune trailer before everybody. Well, I we saw it before then. Like, I'm just hoping that no police officers or any investigators listen to this podcast, but I had my phone up ready to, to give me like a scene, right? Give people a little taste. Wasn't even worth it. I wanted, people to, I wanted people to be jealous that I was going to see the Dune trailer before them. So all you see Timothy Chalamet's face right for three seconds and all of a sudden the trailer is oh, a guy and i was just mm-hmm. like i basically this is like the pictures i've seen over time but we're going to talk about tenant another time popcorn you had to get it right if you want to go see tenant i had no fear doing that but i also got a weird vibe this is our first time going to a theater since starting this podcast and this movie blog and i felt like we were actual vloggers doing it because the way people looked at us when we were like making videos we yes. looked so weird Yes, so out of place. I'm, I'm so place. not comfortable with that yet. It was like, uh, basically, like we were trying to take videos and you're like, maybe I, my recording was messed up 
or flicks like messed up filling up the ice in his drink and we did it like three times and people are like what the hell are these yeah no i spilled the ice and there's only like 10 people right there's only 40 percent capacity in these theaters like 10 people walking around and they're just like look at what the hell just go see the goddamn movie and then we're just like no we're the drive-in pod like all 100 of our followers on twitter as they would know right and we uh we also have to talk about the popcorn last thing before we get into the checkup with yes. Dr. Ogo. Yes, I know where you're we going talk with about this. about the popcorn and what comes with that popcorn because yes. there's no yes. more like do-it-yourself butter, right? There's no, no pumps. Butter pumps. There are no where pumps. You're, you're pumping where you're pumping it basically maybe gone into forever. your veins. It's disgusting, right? So oh. we think like, oh, maybe they will go, they'll go less on the butter. Maybe they'll go more, uh, a little more nutritional. Instead, they give us mm-hmm. cups of butter, liquid butter that looked like urine samples. It was disgusting terrible. Thing I've ever seen. You know, oh, the worst thing about the pumps though is that you you always get to that point where you're pumping in the butter and then you're like, do I do one more or I don't know if I have enough. I don't. Dude, you always uh, go. Over I don't know, bro. Jim. I don't know. And then you always more. pump an extra one, maybe two, and then it's just butter filled. And then you try to make it add more salt to try to make it equal and then you just mess up all your popcorn dude this oh, messes that is up the complete whole, worst this messes up the whole um straw strategy too where you put the straw the strategy pot, yes where you put it in the pump and then you just let it go right and yep. you just drizzle it through all oh. the way to the bottom i had a lot of dry popcorn at the end not gonna lie but ricky flex let's get to the checkup yes right. let's spend enough time talking about our great yet miserable time at the movie theater go to um, the movie theaters so it's better movie bit- theaters great again Yes, make movie theaters uh, great again. Cool again, right? Oh, sorry. MMTCA. That's my fault. The reason I know is I put it in most of my blogs. But it's been a while since we recorded. Our first story has to be honoring Chadwick Boseman, okay? Uh, Black Panther star, star 42, passed away after a a private four-year battle with colon cancer at the age of 43. Uh, He starred in seven films while fighting this disease, Right, including Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, and Avengers Endgame, and The Five Bloods, just to name a few. Um, this was an unexpected tragedy. It really sh- shook me. Okay, it came like I was. It was on a Friday night. I was at a bar. Got a. Te- I saw someone texted me like right after it popped on Twitter, and like my heart just sunk in the middle of my chest. Um, I am a huge Chadwick Boseman fan. I kind of. He grew on me a little bit. I wasn't a big fan of 42. I know Flicks, we've talked about it before. I don't think you are as great of a fan either. But he's, he's become such a symbol, an iconic figure for uh, the world and specifically the black community. So um, my, my heart just sank, right? And we lost someone right. way too young who was, had so much more to give. But um, one of the best things about this is that we get – it's tragic, but we get to see how great of a person he was while he was actually being a superhero, how much of a hero he was in real life. So, and then you have all these videos um, popping up. I just, uh, I just think we lost someone way too early. Right. Yeah. You could really see his impact, impact, not only on Hollywood, but the entire world really. And especially the black community like this, he was in, he was the first major blockbuster black superhero. Like finally the black community, like blade. Children- blade. True. Uh, sorry, I guess that's I wasn't it's alive like, then, so I can't really like attest MCU, to it. Like, but yeah, MCU like major blockbuster, like this inflated box office numbers now, and because the economy thirty years later from Blade. But the kids finally in the black community have someone to look up to, and you see all these videos of him in hospitals volunteering his time, and before and after he was diagnosed, 
uh, he just became like, he was becoming a prominent figure in Hollywood. And I know even at only 43 years old and not in as many films as the A-lister, he's still going to leave a lasting legacy, which is incredibly respectful and definitely a star gone too soon. And definitely a true professional, like doing all the Black Panther, the Black Panther MCU movies and 21 Bridges and more movies. The Five mm-hmm. Bloods just came out this year, all while being diagnosed already and going through uh, treatment, just kept grinding, putting craft into his work. And I think it's also a big factor because you could see in every movie he gets better from 42 to The Five Bloods. You could see that dramatic difference in his craft and his acting ability. I think it, he really put it into artwork, not just himself back in 2012, I believe it's 42, but just much respect. And I feel for his family and he will be missed. Yeah. He was truly an inspiration, man. Uh, and I mentioned like, for, especially for the black community, uh, Jimmy Fallon posted a video that went, that went re-viral already went viral back when black black panther came out back in 2018 but uh he released that video where people were paying tribute like looking at a black panther sign our right. poster, and they were saying how much this means like these uh uh these black families were saying how much this movie means to them and to their people and i think and then yes. havoc bozeman would pop up out of nowhere and they would literally fall their knees crying it just showed how much he meant to uh the black community i uh when i was student teaching my first year as a student teacher, I tried, Black Panther came out February, like about a month into my student teaching experience. And uh, there was one class I was teaching. I didn't really know what I was doing, right, a little bit, but because I was so young and I was kind of be having a curriculum thrown at me. But I, was, I had this idea that popped in my head that I was going to take the kids to go see a movie. We're going to go see Black Panther for the human rights project, right, for this human rights class, right? Because um, that, go, that, movie goes into so many different themes. I think as you have, are hearing more about Chadwick Boseman that he really understood, right? He was a Howard university grad. Okay. He played Jackie Robinson, Thurgood Marshall. He really cared about yes. giving more to his people. James and I Taylor. think people already knew that, but it's just so obvious that he was, the world was, he knew um, giving back to his people was the most important thing. Right. And I think that's what we should take away from his career and his unselfishness, it's wild. He, he fought through this disease privately and he delivered, right? Three of the like top 10 grossing movies of all time, yes. I believe. I think Black Panther yes. is top 10. A lister of one um, of them, yes. It's, good. it's, it's sad yeah. to see him go. No, well said, well said. And just one more addition to that is like Ryan Coogler had no idea while filming Black Panther, Kevin Feige, the genius of behind the MCU universe, like just going off of what you said, the professionalism uh, that Chadwick Boseman displayed. And also people like Black Panther was nominated for best picture. Like the Dark Knight did not do that. And people consider that one of the best movies of all time. And that's a superhero movie. And Black Panther is going to, is like leaving or is going to leave a lasting legacy upon Hollywood. And that's because of Chadwick Boseman and the work and time dedicated to the character and into all his work. And I, it's just a great loss in Hollywood and the world. You know, he's going to get a really special tribute in Black Panther too. It's going to be super emotional. Um, You, you, uh, you're the one that let me know. Cause I was also out on Friday night and I was actually watching a movie um, with uh, some people, but uh 
I just you're wearing a Lakers hat out LA and you said you you thought it was like like Kobe when Kobe died and yeah so like the shock factor was right up there yeah it's like these young studs right these uh, these uh, black icons for the mm-hmm. like worldwide not just and in so much uh, left in their future to give to the world and mm-hmm. leave even more to their legacy I keep saying that but that's really what it is and it's definitely sad. Your heart sinks, man. Um, okay. Uh, definitely leaves a lasting legacy. Let's uh, move on to a little more, um, a little pick, you up, pick me up a little bit, a little more positivity here. Change of uh, gears. Change of gears. gears. I, I like it. That's a good way to describe it. But we have some more MCU news. We're talking about Jonathan Majors, okay? is reportedly going to play Kane the Conqueror in Ant-Man 3. Right, the third uh, installment of the franchise. Majors has had a massive summer, right? He uh, was featured in the Five Bloods, right? Played Delroy Lindo's son in Spike Lee's joint. And then he also had a lead role in HBO's breakout hit, right? Lovecraft Country. He's also known for his role in The Last Black Man in San Francisco. He's a young up-and-comer. He's playing a massive supervillain. Ricky Flicks, what are your initial thoughts? Man, what a heater Jonathan Majors has been on, huh? What a year. He, one person that has benefited the most from COVID, it would be Jonathan Majors. Wow, what a turnaround. Um, I know when we saw The Five Bloods in June, I believe it was June 12th-ish, it came out on Netflix. I saw him, I didn't even, I didn't even know he was in the movie when I, uh, beforehand. I go, I know, I, I know that guy. But I didn't know. Exa- I didn't know his name. And I'm, I go to the movie and I get to the end I'm, uh, when he in the final scene of the Five Bloods. I won't spoil it, but go see that if you haven't seen it already. I'm like Christian Bale, Hostiles. He's in Hostiles. Oh my gosh! I and, saw that movie on a plane. My not, only time I've been on a plane, I saw Hostiles. I, I'm not in love with that movie, but I'll, I'll bring it back to. I didn't even know his name. The Five Bloods did a great job. But before that, he was in The Last Black Man in San Francisco, which has been critically acclaimed. And I really think that ever since then, he was also in a couple other movies that I had, I had no idea about. But Spike Lee just comes up and says, hey, you want to be in my first ever Netflix original? Who can say no to that? You're going to get in a Spike Lee movie. You're going to be noticed. You're going to be seen. You're going to hit the big time if you do even a decent job. And he did a great job. And he was in Love, uh, Lovecraft Country, like you said. Just what a year, and now MCU stardom. Let's go. This is like I I'm a, I like Jonathan Majors. I honestly don't know much about him. I thought he was decent in the Five Bloods. I haven't seen Lovecraft Country, but a lot of people like that show. But mm-hmm. I was shocked because Kang the Conqueror. For those who aren't like uh, as uh, nerd, nerd, cult, nerd educate cultured, doctor nerd cultured Kang the Conqueror is historically an Avengers villain. Like a big time Avengers villain, and he is big the uh, and also he has connections to the Fantastic Four, right? So he's yes. Reed Richards, I think, um, son. This I think I no, uh, um, maybe oh, descend, son? descendant, descendant. Yeah, like, just the descendant. Part of the I believe line of Reed Richards, right? Who's Mister Fantastic in the Fantastic Four? Yes. And we're talking about time travel a little bit right here. Where then MCU has introduced parallel universes, we could be seeing a potential introduction to the Fantastic Four as well, and. Kang the Conqueror is not a one-off villain. It's not. Like yes, that's what I was gonna. Way too big. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna be like the previous uh, villains in the Ant-Man movies, where you had uh, what's his the name? The guy Darren from House Cross. of Cards. Darren Cross, right? What's his and... name? Oh, what's his name, Ricky? What's his name? 
Corey Stoll. You know, this Corey podcast, Stoll. these lists. That's the brain right there. Corey Stoll kicking in. <laughs> but then we had name. that woman. That woman, I say, Ava Star. She played Ghost. Very low-key superheroes. Don't expect them to have major roles in the MCU. But this is where I think the MCU Ant-Man takes the role. Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Ant-Man's getting big right now, okay? Because All he, right, big. Yeah, major factor in Endgame, right? The quantum realm, okay? Going back in time, that doesn't happen without Ant-Man. And this is an opportunity, right, where you have, as I said before, Robert Downey Jr. leaving. You have Chris Evans leaving, okay? Mm-hmm. You're trying to uh, shine a spotlight on some of these other heroes. Yes. Maybe it's Ant-Man, Ant-Man's time to shine. And, yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up because Paul Rudd, I just saw this earlier today oh, yeah. <laughs> with the uh, – that viral video that went out him trying to be a millennial saying wear your mask and doing that like he just even when he's older he's always involved with the internet the internet internet always has something to say about him whether it's the ant-man or one of his past movies or just how good looking he is being such and looking so young even though he's kind of old right so this is gotta be up there for most like likable people on earth yeah definitely some people like him some people kind of like not me but very uh, i know some people one our brothers especially finds his uh some of his work very annoying at times because he kind of plays the same type of character but i think ant-man has definitely diversified his role a little bit as in a superhero but he still plays that cool guy that's as that uh comedic comedic spin on things always so, great comedic timing one of the best yes yes so i i honestly love this and definitely i'm interested to see how they spin this because Definitely time is a big factor with Ant-Man and Kane the Conqueror. So it's going to be interesting to see the impact on the other MCU heroes and even villains, maybe. Yeah, man. He's the perfect villain for this franchise, the Ant-Man franchise. But the thing is, I also mentioned in a blog that I wrote, you have um, Kane the Conqueror takes on the Avengers. Like, he should be able to absolutely trounce Ant-Man and the Wasp. Like, there's no... You're right. Um, that's why I'm thinking like we could see Avengers. Fantastic Four. Maybe you see some Avengers team-ups. I think there's a lot to be excited about this movie. I'm telling yes. you. Yes, and another thing to be excited about, which I don't know if Marvel will is thinking about this, but it's been going around social media right now after this uh, announcement was that since you mentioned Reed Richards and possible Descendant, there, people are saying... Doctor Doom's bloodline too. Right, that... I love that. I, I'm a big fan of Dr. Doom. Hopefully they could figure that out. But people are saying John David Washington, because that's been a hot spot to get into a superhero movie. Maybe a Reed Richards. I know it, it doesn't fit the model as in not tall and skinny. You know, he's mm-hmm. shorter. He's, he's definitely under 5'10". And I think I don't want to actually, that could be, that could come back to bite me. But he definitely like compared to Pattinson and Tenet, he looks short. He looks short compared to Pattinson. So that's why yeah. I say it. But, uh, but like John David Washington's like pretty muscular, right? And Tenny's doing those pull-ups Then he's also, he short. also like is in ballers next to the rock. So he always looks small. So he True. could be like – All right. He could be like 6'3". I just – I don't know. <laughs> but um, definitely if he could somehow incorporate that, that would be so interesting. Or just maybe just any superhero, to be honest. Yeah, he's definitely it. got a spot in there in the future, man. If he doesn't but want to – one last – I always – but before I let you – Go ahead, go. I want to hop in about John Rip David it, Washington. Rip it. I've been telling you, I think that he's going to have a role as a villain in the future Batman, Matt Reeves movie. I think that's his destiny. But what were you going to say? That'll be interesting as well. I'll get two face. My last thing about Jonathan Major specifically is that also, I forgot to mention, he's coming out with another movie uh, with Idris Elba, The Heart of They Fall. I'm really looking forward to that. It's like this Netflix, uh, it's going to be, I think it's a Netflix original. But okay. it's, um, it's uh, Idris Elba's coming out of jail. 
and he's trying to get revenge on the people that put him there and like kill Jonathan Majors' parents. So it's like a bunch of wild stories colliding in that one. And it's going to be like those two going at it, kind of. I don't know. There hasn't been too many details besides that that's come out. But Jonathan Majors again back in the forefront and a major major blockbusters and major movies in Hollywood and especially during these times, just taking advantage of the of the not the with the not a lot of movies coming out right now and not a lot of new content limited releases so, right limited right. releases thank We're you all on so, streaming services and like he's really just, netflix is blasting his blasting his career to the moon right now yeah so good for him and looking forward to this love it um we got one more uh topic on the checkup surprise surprise Prizes MCU related, but uh, before we get into the trailer roundup, at least we're going to talk about what Chris Hemsworth. Okay, he has confirmed right through a quote that he had in the per, uh, it's the Elemon, which is a Polish magazine. He confirms his that Thor: Love and Thunder will not be his final t- uh, final turn as Thor in the MCU. Uh, his direct quote was when asked if he's uh, retiring, he says, "Are you crazy? I'm not going into retirement. Thor is far too young for that. He's only 1500 years old." This is definitely not the film where I say goodbye to this brand. At least I hope so. Okay. So it doesn't sound like Chris Hemsworth uh, wants to leave the M- MCU anytime soon. Flex, what's your reaction? You hear that? I hear it's it. Me, me rubbing my hands together. I am so interested to see how the MCU is going to spin this. You know that at the end of Avengers Endgame, you're thinking – when he goes off with the guardians of the galaxy, you're thinking, how is he going to be influenced? Not only with guardians, but himself, where is he going to go? He has adventures to be pulled out of his pocket. You know, love and thunder, Natalie Portman's coming back and going to be a superhero. You're seeing, and Taika Waititi knows he's going to make sure that Thor is at the forefront of the MCU. So I can't wait to see Chris Hemsworth back in the fold, jacked again, get rid of fat Thor. That was BS. You don't need to hear me rant about here. that. But I am looking forward to this. The strongest Avenger. He is back, baby. <laughs> the strongest Avenger, Mark Ruffin. Yes. Hopefully, you don't listen to the drive-in pod. But uh, this is massive because it seemed like right. You have, as I said, Downey Jr. gone. Evans gone. Right. Mm-hmm. The core of the MCU is gone now. So it's looking for. You think that Hemsworth is contract, whatever. He's been. He's. I don't think he's signed beyond. Uh, uh, Thor, Th- Love, and Thunder. Love and Thunder. And you introduce Natalie Portman. It's almost like they're giving him an exit strategy to get rid of Hemsworth. Exactly. Hemsworth stepping in saying, I'm the boss here. I decide what's going on. I'm the strongest Avenger. And yes. I wrote a vlog about this. I'm saying that Thor should be center- the centerpiece of the MCU going forward. Okay? He should be the totally new agree. Iron Man. He should be the new Iron Man. He, first of all, Chris Hemsworth, name me a bigger action star on the planet right now. Than Chris Hemsworth, extraction, know, right? Thor, Keanu Reeves, Avengers movies, right? No, it's not MCU. I think Keanu he's Reeves the biggest though. action star. Maybe The Rock. The Rock's up there, Ooh, but Tom Cruise kind of mission. Possible. Tom Cruise, those are good ones too. But I'm, I think Chris Hemsworth is the the guy right now. He's MCU definitely has the advantage. But, but no, wait, wait, wait. I want to talk yeah, go, about go, go. right. So he should be like going back to him being the centerpiece. They, like, they kind of set up Tom Holland, right, and Far From Home to, like, take up Tony Stark's mantle as be, like, the they next did. leader of the Avengers, whatever. But first of all, he's too young. Second of all, he doesn't have a stable enough contract, right? He's splitting time between Sony and Marvel, 
Okay, so it's like what he's yes. going to do with the MCU, right? Are they going to push him over to Sony, right? He's not stable enough. We, just a year ago, right. you had that big debacle, right? Where he's like, oh, Spider-Man 2 is not happening. All of a sudden, they make Spider-Man 2, right? Or was that – no, it was a deal for Spider-Man 3. Yes. yes. It was a deal for Spider-Man 3. But then and, uh, mm-hmm. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, but going off of that, it's just like Sony's doing their thing with Venom, Morbius, and all those villains – they're going to create the Sinister Sticks, or allegedly, um, but they're going to do their own thing in their universe and bring Spider-Man into there, most likely. There's too much money. Venom made over a billion dollars, or $800 million. 800 million. You're telling me Spider-Man is not going to collide with Tom Hardy, Venom, and $800 million to double that minimum? There, he will go back to the Sony universe at some point, stay connected to the MCU, but he's going to have his own stuff to do in Sony, So in that universe. So, honestly... I love this because it's just another, it's more star power being at. We just, we are staying with MCU. We talked about Paul Rudd, but that's, you guys, you that's not a core Avengers. Yeah, right. And they're pushing all these core Avengers out, but you probably, you need someone to kind of carry you over. And Chris Hemsworth right now, that's such an easy solution to carry you over while Tom Holland and Sony figure that out. Right. Right. So I, I, I totally see what you're saying. And I don't, and like people, no disrespect to Brie Larson. I get it. She's a big actress and like, she's so powerful, so strong. Like you her know my stance. Captain Marvel, but I don't think she has the, she doesn't have the, uh, the draw that Chris Hemsworth. The moxie. Has. Yeah. He doesn't, yeah, the moxie. Okay. That's not because she's a woman. It's just like, if you look back no. at the movie, she gets, she just, she does get drawn a lot of criticism, even though it was very profitable. Okay. Um, so I'm just saying, like, I would say her origin movie didn't do as well as, like critically as Disney was hoping, she wasn't as likable of a character. They were thinking. I, I love yeah. that she's like an, a, an empowerment figure for little girls out there that watch these movies, especially now that we have Black Widow leaving. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's good to have that character, but I don't think she's like going to be the draw that they need. Like right. Robert Downey Jr. was that Chris Hemsworth could be. They were really hoping that that was going to be like their Wonder Woman, right? Like Wonder yeah. Woman, they saw critically acclaimed box office big for DC. They were thinking, oh, Brie Larson, Oscar winner, coming into the front with Captain Marvel, arguably the strongest Avenger. They're gonna, they're, this is gonna be that a was hit, a shot right? By you, bud. <laughs> that was a shot. What? What? Captain Marvel is. Unbelievable. I know. Yeah, I know. I'm saying that was a shot you said earlier by saying you were emphasizing Chris. Oh, Captain yeah, yeah, right. Strongest Avenger. <laughs> but, My mind um, immediately went to Hulk. But yeah, so. I totally agree, and I, I think that Brie, I think Captain Marvel will obviously continue because she's such a uh, acclaimed figure in Hollywood and is such oh, a yeah. powerful she's character. Still be one of but, those, like the Captain America, to right? She but, could be that if they want to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but again, I think this is just a great carryover, something for right now to focus on Spider-Man, kind of with that Sony, the Sony balance between Sony and MCU. Chris Hemsworth, Taika Waititi, get to work, boys. Love it. Um, that was awesome. Did, did you happen to see that video of Hemsworth crash the Australian weather? Oh, my God. That Dude, made my day. That I, like, made I, my day. What are the odds that he was just – I mean, like, first of all, that's just like you know you're the man. Like, like you could just crash a, new, a, a news channel and be he's like – He's the king of Australia. Yeah. I know they don't have kings, but he's but the king he, of Australia. He, he, Make if, a king. If he, that, if he did that anywhere, they'd recognize that store. You know it I mean? was unbelievable. That was incredible. I think like, that dude's the man. I'm a yeah, big, the big, charisma. Yes, Moxie. Great video. So that does it for the first round of the checkup, okay? We're going to go into the second part of it right now. We're going to go into a little uh, movie trailer roundup, okay? And before you go, before you go, this could yeah. be the greatest 
week or two weeks of trailers in a very long time. Dude, the industry right now is heating the F up, dude. These trailers crazy. are huge lost, movies. Like, not even just movies that were pushed back that we're getting now in theaters and they're coming to streaming, but it's like they were these movies, some of these on streaming were always meant to come out at this time. We're almost approaching award season it's, time, bud. Almost award season time. List off the movie so I can get even more excited, please. Okay, let's go. Uh, before I even do the uh, movie trailer roundup, I'm going to point it out again. Devil All the Time, Robert Pattinson, Tom Holland, Sebastian Stan, okay? Movies oh, dropping on Netflix tomorrow from when we record, okay? That'll be uh, September 16th. But let's get to the movie trailer roundup. What else did, uh, what did we see? We had No Time to Die, okay? New James Bond trailer. We had The Trial of the Chicago 7, okay? A new Aaron Sorkin movie that uh, is coming. Sorkin. The, the Mandalorian Season 2 trailer that dropped. Baby today. Yoda. We had maybe the most anticipated trailer of the year right dune drop maybe next to the batman flicks mm-hmm. where do we start kid well you're forgetting the biggest one out of the entire one and that's friday with vince vaughn <laughs> right but, right but uh all right i'll first go into i'll go i'll go into the trial of chicago seven so aaron sorkin comes out with molly's game right right his first ever director his first ever role as a director Huge screenwriter, few good men, the American presidents. He wrote the West Wing TV series. He's on Broadway. Just, he does West Wing. Right, the right, social right. network, Moneyball. We can go on. Charlie Wilson's War. Great movies. Arguably some of the greatest scripts in the past 30 years. Definitely the past 10 years with the social network. I think he won an Oscar for that, actually. Best adapted screenplay. I think he won. I believe so, but, too. My God. I think this movie is going to be phenomenal. And it comes out on Netflix. So if you literally don't have any excuse, you, oh, you're too busy. Oh, I can't go to the theater. I don't want to risk getting COVID. No, stay at home and go see this movie. This movie has stars up the wazoo. And it's Aaron Sorkin in his second ever director role. I'm telling you, this script is going to be phenomenal. In fact, especially in this, this a lot of process are going on right now, right? And this trailer there's a minute 30 trailer with sasha baron cohen it feels on so the stand feels right so it it was only a minute 30 and they show you everything that's going on around this around this huge event of right, the do times you want me to give the synopsis for the movie here yes read okay, it to us so i gotta pull it up right here yeah okay synopsis tri- the trial of the chicago seven the film was based on the infamous 1969 trial of seven defendants charged by the federal government with conspiracy and more arising from the countercultural protests in Chicago at the 1968 Democratic National Convention. The trial transfixed the nation and sparked a conversation about mayhem intended to undermine the U.S. government. How topical mm-hmm. is this, Flix? Exactly. And Sorkin's on it. So you know you're going to have to pay attention because it seems like every single character, every single movie that he writes, it's always with a genius like awesome. surrounding it, like someone really smart. If you like think about Social Network, he's writing Mark Zuckerberg, and these people were just really fast and talk fast. Moneyball, Billy Beans, a very smart per- individual. Um, if you go down, the American president, Michael Douglas, very smart. Steve Jobs, we can go down the list. So you definitely have to pay attention, but that's what makes it so great because it's so, it, you can follow it and the character to you, you go on. You also have to talk about, like, the, in terms of the, 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 the script, he's known for his dialogue, right? The way he yes. has people on – a screen make it seem like they're on Broadway, and that's that's where his Broadway, uh, his he's very dramatic with his dialogue. I think it's almost perfect for this setting 
right? Not only because of the topics that they're discussing, they're talking about uh, police interaction with citizens. They're talking about, uh, we're talking about different types of protests, what is considered appropriate and not appropriate. As I said, very topical, but you have a setting that's in a court, okay? That's in a court. You good men. You good men, man. That is some of the best dialogue in any movie I've ever seen. Okay? Yes. You can't handle the truth. But some of the best dialogue, I just pointed out, it's the most famous line from the movie, but I but, can go on and on with that movie. But mm-hmm. it's just going gonna, gonna to provide so many opportunities for amazing, intense, dramatic scenes. That's all I'm saying. I put it down as my favorite to win Best Picture. Favorite. My favorite. Wow. I wasn't a huge oh fan. Oh my of god! Okay, this was my favorite to win Best Picture last year. My pick was 1917. Finished second. Arguably could have finished first, but not a lot of people would say that. If you've seen, mm-hmm. obviously, uh, Parasite. No, and I think one last point to go off of what you just said. With it seems like his, like the actors are on Broadway because of the dialogue. A few good men was a broad, was a play in 1989. Right, he wrote it. He wrote and yes, he wrote it. But that's why his dialogue just comes off like that. Like you said, I, th- I think that's a great interpretation of it, and that's what makes him so special, really. I think, and so different than other great screenwriters of his generation. Right, and like the Social Network. When you think about it, the way like Zuckerberg interacts with Saverin, then you have Saverin his uh, dialogue with uh, Timberlake. Timberlake's character, God, Sean Parker. Yeah, Sean like, Parker. I actually knew that one. It's overly dramatic. I remembered. Sometimes it's an acquired taste, but I'm telling you, dude, that to me, it's phenomenal. It's a movie. Not everyone's going to act like you would normally act in a movie. Before we move on, dude, the cast, I think potential Oscar nominee for our boy Borat, Sasha Barone Cohen. Oh, I think that's a, almost a lock. That's crazy. I think that trailer was literally meant just to show him and yeah, how like, good he's going to be in this movie. Because he, he was sort of the focal point. Sort of the focal point. He was the focal point. Definitely. Right. I totally think so. Him on the stage, literally doing those quick smirky remarks to One on one with JGL. Oh, another thing. We talked about a few good men for a good period there at JGL. He is kind of the Tom Cruise figure here. Or the a Kevin Bacon. Good men. Or the or Kevin, the Kevin- is he the antagonist? Yeah, or is he maybe the protagonist? you don't know. We don't know. But I did. I love the look. I love G, uh, Jordan Joseph Gordon Levitt's look. He looked great in the suit and he, glasses. He could he be could. potential nominee here too. We, we were just kind of trashing him um, with uh, Project Power. Sure. Well, 2016. Well, yeah, Project Power definitely. But he has been <laughs> in a movie, a lot of movies in 2016. This could be it. This could stir the pot for him. Definitely Get him going right. Get, Get him going buzzing. in the right direction, Get not just buzzing. any blockbuster. Yes. Okay. Man, we got there's so many other trailers, dude. We, all right, I already we, we, we gotta, gotta go. Talk, I already know the next one. We gotta talk Dune. I'm, I'm going Dune, but the, I mean, I literally could have said any of the other three, and you would have been excited. But yes, I would have. Dune. We got obviously the incredible cast. This take on the uh, sci-fi epic from 1984. We got Denny Villanueva coming in. We got our first live-action look. Right, no still pictures of this trailer, and we got a lot. Mm-hmm. Flex, any immediate takeaways? So, it's interesting as a Warner Brothers movie as well. Same week as Tenant, this trailer came out. Right, they they should own the box office, but the thing, yeah, yeah we can go, we're going to go into a Tenant, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so my first takeaway from this was that, but it was more towards the directors. Because if you think about the hottest directors right now and the most polarizing, the people that respect their craft the most, honestly, right now, I put Christopher Nolan 
Sorry for and the listeners to hear our dog right now. <laughs> he's barking up a storm right now. Didn't walk him enough today. But and Denny Villanueva, like I think they're the two guys that are really don't miss people, really, and all their work. They don't have a movie com- that comes out every year. They turn out. They take their time to focus on their craft. And I think with this cast and his really love for Dune and this epic of a novel, he's really going to make this movie into something special. And if you just read off the cast, some of the best actors in Hollywood right now, like under 25 and over 45, you have Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya, both under 25 that are absolutely, are literally, if you had to rank uh, top actors or top people in Hollywood right now that are that young, they're both top five easy, easily. Then you actors have people, and popularity. Yes, both of those. easy. Then you have people that are over 45 that are incredibly like hot right now, like very doing very well. Oscar Isaac, Javier Bardem, Josh Brolin. Are you kidding me? Those are it's the cast they, of the year, dude. You, if you tell it's, me, it's it's just the dream team, literally. And then that's not even speaking of Jason Momoa, Aquaman slash Game of Thrones, Rebecca Ferguson. Like it's just insane. I can't wait for this movie. I just it needs to come out this year. It needs to. And I just don't want Warner Brothers to push Wonder Woman ahead of it, even though it was expected. Keep Dune at Christmas time, and if you have to push one of them, push Wonder Woman because you could delay the DC universe another couple of I feel like after this performance from Tenet, which has been quite underwhelming, I think it just crossed $200 million after the two-week mark. Uh, internationally. Internationally. So I think, like, I think I got to wait a little bit, okay, see how this trend goes with COVID, see what theaters are doing, because they can't have Tenet come out, and they can't have Dune come out, and they both underwhelm, right? Yes. I don't want that. But I want to go to the cast again, dude. Uh, Chalamet is going to be amazing. Like of him, course. Like, like, he is, I think, born for this role. When I compare him to what I saw, I've seen clips of the older Dune. He looks almost exactly like this dude. Yes. He's getting a much more phenomenal actor. Like, he is, like, literally maybe the most sought-after actor, at least young actor in the game, dude. Whatever he touches, turn to gold. Give me a bad movie he's in. You can't, okay? Because the guy's a certified stud. But most, the person I'm most excited to see in this movie, arguably Zendaya, but I think it's Momoa as Duncan Idaho. Because mm-hmm. in uh, the book, Dune, Duncan educate, Idaho. Educate. He's an absolute monster, right? He's supposed to be, like, the uh he's like the kid harrington he's the uh the kid harrington of game of thrones right he's the uh john snow he's the boss he destroys people he's an absolute animal on the battlefield right and you saw kind mm-hmm. of glimpses of that then you have momoa talking about it and momoa was even saying like this is like the hardest i ever gone for a movie and i think he's made for this role like he's just a, mm-hmm. he's, he, he's acting like a bro and he knows he's good at fighting right just dominant good looking dude like he's made for duncan idaho um so you're yeah. most looking forward to Jason Momoa. I'm cat. most looking for. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Right. So besides Timothy Chalamet, because I love that guy. Amazing. First, I'm looking forward to the most is Dave Bautista, and you Ooh. caught a glimpse of him in the trailer, and he's pale as three bald, but absolutely yoked. And I need to see. I don't even know. Like I've never read Dune, and I don't know the story. I know the major plot. I know your storyline, but I need to see a Dave Bautista, Jason Momoa fight. Yes. They're yes. only two inches apart in height. They're both jacked. And that would probably be the greatest fight. Like almost like a trial by world. combat type of thing. Yes. I mean, give me a one-on-one. Two mountains. Right? With, all, with, with it all on the line. Okay? Give it to me. 
There's, Come on, like, Denny. I, I did a little research, too, on Dave Bautista's character. He's oh, you did? Okay. He also is a warrior, right, for a different type of people. And I, he's almost – he has, like, this, like – I think he almost has this mythical background to him that people don't know about or something like that. They, but mm-hmm. he's much more, like, non-human, obviously. Okay? Right. But he he's is so white in this movie. Very warrior. white. I, in my trailer, I described him as, like, the most jacked, yoked-up vampire I've ever seen in my life, dude. Mm-hmm. That's the way he looks in this. Yes. But, I like him. I think Denny Villanueva and him is a good combo. He was briefly yep. Blade Runner in 2049. I thought he was awesome in his 10 minutes of glory there. Yes, he was. Great that was intro to the movie. might have been my favorite scene from Blade Runner 2049. That okay. was great. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal start to that movie. But um, do you know Do you know if Dave Bautista and Jason Momoa are on different sides in this movie? Did you do that much research or no? I think they're different worlds, like different uh, planets. Oh, my God. I think. I think. But don't quote me on no, it. But there's going to be two movies. And I know nothing about Dune. I, I should read the book before seeing the movie. I Two love movies doing in that. HBO Max series. They got big right. Plans. So this could there are time. This there could might evolve. be right. They could evolve, and maybe they fight somewhere down the line. I'm not saying it can't happen in this one, but I want to see it. Cinematography was also pretty good in the trailer. I like the, the desert worm. setting. That was that was good. And yes, the sandworm. Okay, it mm-hmm. was so haunting, dude. And it looks. 10 times better i know the other one was made in 1984 yeah oh by side it was like incredible. The side by side I just scream in front of chalamet's face and seeing it emerge i was i like that thing i gotta I got see that thing in action oh right? i love the scene i think actually my favorite scene in the or my favorite like moment in the trailer was when chalamet slow-mo walking and the people are reaching to touch him he's like and like people are realizing that he's the coming the king or whatever now the leader yeah. and he's so young it's just it's, like wow this guy's a boss and he's like looking down at himself so, and his hair is like like clark kent-esque like going down his forehead and slow-mo with the sand and the cot oh give it feed me dune i love it and uh one last comment i gotta make about the trailer it would be the, like maybe my second my third favorite trailer i've seen this year probably it would have been a second if they pick a better song Oh, I didn't love it. I understand. Yeah, it's it's like uh, they want it's like Pink Floyd cover of it. Obviously, Mm -hmm. has like Mm -hmm. symbolic meaning to the movie. But I'm just like, dude, stop it! Like, I'm trying to be like (laughs) backed up to see this. I'm not trying to listen to these people. Give me yeah, light singing from like 12 year old girls. Like, give me some momentum. Yeah, exactly. But a good trailer. Um. Let's see. We got to move on. We got to move on. We got to move on. Okay. Bond. We'll have this. Yeah. Oh my God. We still have two more. Bond. To go. I'm telling you, this is probably the greatest week, week and a half of trailers also, of all time. Also other trailers too, that we're just deciding not to right. talk about. So let's go on to no time to die. Okay. Last uh, turn for Daniel Craig as James Bond. We have this movie oh, coming out. Allegedly. It's going to be. Yeah, I know. November 20th, 2020. It's when it releases. Saw a few things. We got Rami Malek's uh, reveal as this big, as the new big villain. Safin and Christoph Waltz returning as Blofeld. To, to what capacity? We're not sure yet. Jeffrey Wright is back as Felix. But then we have some newcomers. Newcomers. Mm. We have the one, the only, Ana de Armas making her Bond girl debut, right? Making fuego, fuego, fuego. And then we have Lashana Lynch as the new 007. Okay, the first ever female 007 that uh, will be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how her dynamic works in this movie. So, flicks. Let's start off with Anna de Armas, please. Wow, wow, something uh, definitely out of the Daniel Craig Bonds. 
the most compelling woman figure, uh, main character in the Bond series with Daniel and Craig. And he's not only talking about attractiveness, people. Correct, yes. The way that she's been fighting in the trailer and her at the bar with the r- r- rapport with James Bond, fantastic. That's what you want to see in James Bond. Dude, and her name in the movie is Paloma. Are you kidding me? Paloma. Paloma. Oh, my God. Goodness, her grabbing the gun, spitting in the air, kicking the leg up, all right? So, Assassin people going side by side next yes. to Bobby. She was absolutely dynamite in the trailer. She, and that's like, I, I, was, I was already dying to see her in this movie. And not only is she like the sexiest woman alive, but see her doing that. I'm like, this actually Kicking butts, taking better. names, just oh my unbelievable. And got, like, I, the only thing I... Yeah, definitely. The, I will <laughs> say the one thing I didn't like with her character is that... It kind of comes out. The vibes are that she might be a villain or double agent or something. It it seems like she's not a good person. Like she's initially a good person, then it's gonna flip it like in uh, Casino Royale with Bond's love interest. There, it seems like it's gonna be a flip situation. It's the first thing I thought of. When yeah, I saw. so I, like, I'm yeah, not liking that. Like did, I saw her before even watch this trailer. I'm like, okay, she's gonna be. I didn't think she was gonna be like this assassin that she's coming off to be. I thought she was just going to be a double agent the entire time. Mm-hmm. Like, you think she's on her side? Yeah, Bond, obviously, he's going to hook up with her, dude. Like, she's the hottest girl in the movie. James oh, Bond always hooks up James with the hottest Bond. girl, dude. So yeah. he's going to hook up with her. He's going to find out she's on the other side. I hope it's not that predictable, okay? I, I hope, hope so, too. interesting dynamic there. Maybe she has a dynamic between uh, her and Rami Malek's villain. Uh, let's, oh, I also want to talk about what I want to talk about. Dude, I got you know what I got a vibe of when I was watching the the effects the uh, stunts I should say from this movie. Mm-hmm. I got a Mission Impossible vibe. Yes, right? newer Mission Impossible, like him dodging under rocks, rocks, rock, and he hit like a car flying over him, and him like taking that motorcycle going sky high. Very Tom Cruisey feel to it. Now, am I? I could be mistaken here. I think I might have saw this a while ago, but I definitely got the same vibes. But did they end up take the Keanu Reeves? Um, sorry, John Wick, the action coordinator. He's been working with a lot of people like in the MCU and other movies. Did he work with Daniel Craig in this one? Or am I imagining I'm not going to say yes or no. I, I okay. have a feeling that's true. And I think well, I've this one that. looks great. Like the action scene where Bond uh, or the Bond goes under the rock and the car goes over him. Yeah, in the beginning, that was unreal. Like, oh, that was fantastic. And Daniel Craig Bond movies, even the crappy ones like Quantum of Solace, that initial – that first scene with the car chase, the only good scene in the movie, was phenomenal. And mm-hmm. Casino Royale, all those the two car chases there, just phenomenal car chase scenes. And Bond, I'm expecting the same in that scene. Oh yeah, I love That's what Bond's known for it. Right, I love the this trailer and guarantee that first scene where he hides under the rock, the car goes by is the first one. Yeah, I think it's good that's yeah. a safe play or is but a uh cycle going up that's, that's we haven't song. even talked about rami malik as the villain let's get to let's get to it all right i think he's perfect he's a perfect bond villain yeah he was dude if he wasn't acting he'd be perfect for this role dude like he they had that intro <laughs> he looks video. it they had that intro video of him like talking about playing the role right he sounded so goddamn creepy in the regular interview right so cringy to watch because you're like this guy it seems like he's a little he's a he's got he's a tick off you know there's something a little bit different about him but a lot of times that's the best actors they have something a little bit off about him they got mm-hmm. that tick but he's gonna be incredible in this like i like i have no i'm no reserves like i think he's going to be there if, if I agree. He's gonna fail it's not gonna be because of him now okay. i and, agree 
But um, going back to the action really quick, like going back to Spectre, didn't have a lot of those action sequences we got in Skyfall, Casino Royale, and now it looks like we're getting in this movie. You were a little bit more of a boring type of villain, no offense to Christoph Waltz. So I'm actually happy he's getting behind his the scenes a bit here. I think was a, I, I see that this definitely has a lot of potential to improve upon the last one. Have a killer last installment for credit. And you have Christoph Waltz still in the mix, so he's still getting that screen time. But so. I mentioned my first worry with Ana de Armas, and a little too obvious. Hopefully, we're wrong. Mm-hmm. My only other uh, concern is he's going to kill millions. Well, no crap. It's a James Bond movie. It's every single time they're going to kill millions. Same story. I wanted to see something different. Like Javier Bardem, they kind of did a different twist, as in they focused on uh, they focused on the intelligence agency and trying to tear them apart. And like uh, in Casino Royale. Casino Royale, they kind of focused on the actual villain, not necessarily the implications of uh, him knowing the other intelligence agents and releasing their information um, and killing uh, or the terrorist acts, like the stock market, like fix, fixing the stock market for terrorist acts um, with with terrorist acts, excuse me. But this one, I'm, aff- I'm that's the only thing I'm afraid of really is just killing millions. It's too general of an issue. Give me more. Give me more. And give me Let's some see, more. Like, what's the motive to do that? Let's see if it changes up a little bit. Yes, uh, hopefully it no, does. No one has like superpowers really in this type of world. Okay, so it's like you got to be. Some of it's going to overlap, but that's mm-hmm. why you got you got to have fresh ideas in the cooker, dude. Right, and Daniel Craig's last movie. You got to make it. Got to be something. Great script. Script. Mm-hmm. All right, we have one final trailer. Okay, and Ricky Flicks, we had today. Right, the day we're recording, we were lucky enough to have the premiere of the Mandalorian season two trailer drop in. Okay, um, this uh, the series is the next season is set to premiere October thirtieth. It's coming out on Disney Plus. Um, the only reason I had Disney Plus is I'm pretty jacked. Okay, uh, I like season one. Didn't necessarily love it as much as other people, but. I think people are absolutely buzzing from this. If I'm getting a sense of the Twitter world, the social media world, I know we were all on it today on the Twitter, especially uh, we were on the blog. All over it. This was like the biggest phenomenon culturally of 2019. When you think about it, dude, Definitely. end game. And then probably the Mandalorian with baby. Right. Yoda. Think about baby. Yeah. Think about baby Yoda and had it on advertising. You saw baby peanut with, uh, whatever the peanut company that's famous with the whatever that is, I forget what it is. Planters, Mr. Peanut, but yeah, yeah. Huge impact on uh, social social media and culture in this country and the people world. are so obsessed with that, dude. And yeah. then we saw all the same memes and coming uh, out. They're they're coming back. They're going in the archives from last year and pulling out the baby right. Yoda memes. Oh, man, yeah, people already had those in the bank. They were waiting for this day, and mm-hmm. they were they were waiting to tweet out, "This is the way, dude." They were waiting <laughs> to tweet that out, but yeah. uh. Dude, I loved what I saw from this trailer. We didn't even get to see some of the, like, the highly anticipated characters. Right. Um, we have, first off, we're getting a lot more lightsabers in this one. We're going to see the Jedi, okay? Mm. We're bringing, so I think Jedi. what I got from the trailer is that Ooh. you're having baby, uh, baby Yoda being returned by Mando to the Jedi. And, Jed- and uh, Mando doesn't necessarily trust the Jedi. He's calling them not the way. That is not the way. Evil sorcerers. Evil sorcerers. So I'm like, okay, what's the dynamic going to be between Mando and the Jedi? If they're not going to get along, are they going to fight? Right? Mando against some lightsabers, and then right, you have some. You have uh, Ahsoka Tano. 
okay, that we've brought up before in this podcast, who's a major player, major female Jedi in the world of Clone Wars, okay? And she's making a much-anticipated appearance here, played by Rosario Dawson. She wasn't even in the trailer, mm-hmm. right? So I think that he kind of held back, meaning uh, John Favreau held back in this first trailer. They didn't talk about Moff Gideon, played by Giancarlo Esposito. Correct. either. They didn't show mm-hmm. him. And uh, I think even what I saw from this first trailer, it's a great teaser, bro. It's awesome. Unbelievable teaser. Yeah. It's the it, it felt like an event. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what Star Wars Star Wars geez, can't talk Star Wars does, right? Just events, major events. And they made this into one. They knew that this was arguably the only successful thing to come out of Disney Plus last year or this past year, yeah. honestly. And they know that they they need to follow that up because they have a Ashoka uh, series coming. They have Obi Wan series coming. They have all these things coming to Disney Plus related to Star Cassie Wars and, and others. Cassie and Andor. They have so many things coming. They need to capitalize in season two because you always get that. All right, first season went well, but then second season didn't go as well for these limited series, right? So we need. So the Mandalorian series needs to definitely pump it up a level because, especially with the first season, there were at points where some episodes. Honestly, you could have just taken them out. It wouldn't have any effect yeah, on the like story. Where are we line. going with the whole overall direction of this series? Of this right. season? Right. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, if you think about season one, just the episode where he's on that planet for no reason saving that village. So what did that do? Kids. It's more about like the character development, but you didn't need to do that for but, a whole episode. Yeah, he's already has a baby. Like, you're going to see that character development no matter what, right? Yeah. While taking care of this baby. You're going to see so that definitely, back up for sure. So. I just love what the Mandalorian is doing with the ideas in season two with the light, with the Jedi and some things that the fans, not necessarily the diehard fans, die, diehard fans, but more just people that like going to see, to see star Wars things, not only clone wars, but movies and so on. Oh, there's Jedi's. I know that. And that's awesome. Jedi are awesome. Right. Get that in the Mandalorian. Yeah, exactly. And so like this, so and I also forgot to mention Boba Fett wasn't in this trailer. Boba Fett's going to be in this season of The Mandalorian. Okay? <laughs> so we are literally getting so much fan service here. And But they also you have to live up to the fan expectations, dude. And mm-hmm. this first season was nominated for Emmys. It was nominated for Best Drama Series, right, for, for an Emmy. Expect it. Like, it's, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. And, like, I expect it, like, when we got Golden Globes coming up. I expect it to be nominated, Okay. And you have like uh, like uh, Moff Gideon, right? Giancarlo Esposito being nominated for a best uh, guest appearance, okay, Emmy. So like this is big, all right. And I think mm-hmm. they're really setting it up. I love the like the cinematography looks great. You got different planets. You got like some like water based planets. You have sand. You even saw some sand people. Talk yes. about fan service, dude. And then you had. Uh, Snow Planet autom- automatically think of Empire Strikes Back. Are we going to bet to some of these familiar locations from old Star Wars movies? Feed me the nostalgia. Give me all of the nostalgia, kid. Okay. And then we got like, all these directors coming in. Like that was kind of a big part of season one where you had like Taika Waititi right coming in uh, along with John Favreau. And here in season two, you're gonna have Favreau back doing the debut at ep- the the debut of the season. Then you're going to have Peyton Reed from Ant-Man. You're going to have Robert Rodriguez of Spy Kids fame. How holy nostalgia. Right. And then, um, somebody else, Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni, the God, dude. Dave like, Filoni. He, he basically ran Clone Wars. He knows more about 
Star Wars than George Lucas does. As long as he's <laughs> at the helm, dude, I right. trust him more than anybody. Yeah. No. And right, like you said, you need to get fan service right. And I think with like we talked about MCU earlier, and you have the DCEU and all these superhero movies, and then you have people like Star Trek, like Star Wars. You saw with this latest trilogy of movies, the fans were not happy at all. And that played a part, not only critically, but now people are saying they don't ever want to see a Star Wars movie again. Like right. diehard fans, they're, they're, they're saying, we don't trust you. Please do not make another movie. You're telling me, and they will go see it no matter what, but they just don't want their heritage, what they've loved, ruined. And I think John... <laughs> well, their heritage, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and John Favreau running The Mandalorian basically at the helm is saying, I won't let you down here with this season. Trust Dave Filoni, dude. I'm telling you. I'm like, I'm like, yep, Dave Filoni is. Well. I'm almost been, yeah, Favreau knows what he's doing too. But like, in terms of understanding fans, Dave Filoni is that dude. Okay. Right. This is, he is, he also helped with season one of The Mandalorian. He's, he's, I mean, uh, Star Wars fans just get it that they, that they already have it in their brain. The Mandalorian gets it, right? They know mm-hmm. Star Wars, just like Rogue One got star mm-hmm. wars okay they didn't do anything fancy they gave people what they wanted something they were familiar with and bang it hit him on the head right okay? so it was, and i want to say oh god yeah who isn't but it's interesting when this is coming out so this is series premiere set to premiere october 30th on disney plus one year ago like the week before that was when disney plus launched it was around October 10th through the 20th. So one-year subscriptions are coming up. Yep. I know mine is. It's and, coming and a lot up, of people got it but, free with their phones, dude. Like, like, like there was a lot of plans. Yes. Like if you had a Verizon plan, right? Like you got a free year, right? This is a map. This is obviously so and That's I can plan. tell you right now, I haven't really been using Disney Plus. Not really a lot to watch besides nostalgia of stuff for kids. So this is major to keep people not like me because I watch and I watch a lot of movies, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. Driving podcast, but other people that they're thinking, I never use it, but then they see they listen to the score of this. They see this trailer, listen to the score. A week later is the Mandalorian premiere. They're gonna renew. They're gonna watch this. Eh, thirty bucks guaranteed. I'm watching this. I don't. I've, I have no idea. Like, it's like it. it's only seven but, bucks right now, but I think it's gonna jump up in price like after a year. Like I think it's, the price is about to jump up. All right, so let's just say it's ten. 10 bucks to see 10 episodes of the Mandalorian. And I don't think Mulan's going to do what they think it's going to do. So it's like, they have a lot riding in the Mandalorian. Right. All right. Flicks. All right. That's the checkup with yours truly. All right. That's, that's the trailer roundup. And now we're moving on to, yeah. And now we're going to be moving on to our uh, review of uh, Jamie Foxx's summer Netflix blockbuster project power. Here it is. top billing of college movies for the kids heading back to school. Okay. Kids. Um, so let's do some clarifications before we make our list. I know we have our respective lists. Are we going to be doing top billing, like top five of our favorite movies? Are we going to do top five of the best college movies or is it the same thing? I think they're, I don't think they're the same thing. I think we should do top billing of college movies. So it's like a mix between good overall movies college feel rewatchable and just yeah like it doesn't have to be like the best movie or the worst movie to me that's like best okay Uh, is it frick 
that's more favorite. I think it's just a mix of both. It's almost a blend. Okay, so all right. a top billing of college movies. Yes, exactly. Top billing of college movies. I have one more question, Flix. Yeah, go for do it. Do we want to do a draft? Oh, have to. We're doing a draft. Yes. Okay. You have you have a book out so or something. Well, do you, well, we could debate the top five of the drive-in podcast, the top billing. I feel like we should. There's two of us. How many movies do you have like on your uh, notes there? I feel like some of them you're going to debate as in what classifies, but I have a lot. Um, I definitely have over 10. So do I. All right, draft, 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 draft. Okay. Draft. All right. So how are we going to choose who goes first? What do you want to do? Uh, we flip a coin. All right. You got one? In a second. Oh man, cool. get my notepad. Dude, this is gonna get heated. Damn, I did not expect to draft. This is we're we're so prepared. I've had this. Oh no, I have a die. Okay, okay, this is what we're doing. I don't have a coin. I have a die. So I'm gonna roll the die, and you say odds or evens in the air, and if it's whatever you say, you get to go first. If it's not, then I go first. Okay. Ready? I mean, no one. Now. Odds. Evens, it's a two, and I'll damn it, damn it! All right, All right. here we go. You got well, the first overall pick. Let me write. I think it. there's a clear top two, so I really don't think the first pick really changed or really was. Oh, there's definitely a clear top two, Flex. Yes, it's a clear top two, but I don't think the top one, like first overall pick, was that bad. As in, like that. I mean, sorry, that much of an advantage. But I am going to go more the modern generation of old school. Okay, so old school. I think is the best college movie of our time. Definitely the mm-hmm. modern era. I think you're going to say one at number two that people will say is, uh, this is the obvious choice for number one. But for me, I think old school is more timeless. I think that it still holds up uh, more so in a way than other ones on this list. You definitely cannot make a movie like this today. Definitely cannot. But dude, it's so damn funny, dude. It is. <laughs> it is laugh out funny. loud funny. It is maybe and, the five funniest movies on that exclusive list I've ever seen. And if you can make Luke Wilson hilarious in a movie, you deserve the top billing. Of the something top good. Billing. And this is like ironically before like Owen Wilson came in 05 with Wedding Crashers. So he was like the more desirable. Yes, like, yes, yes. This is 03. Old school is 03. Luke Wilson's in the lead in a movie featuring known as the Frat Pack. It's like the birth of the Frat yes. Pack. Vince Vaughn, Will Ferrell, right? Like he's the right. main, he's the draw. Jeremy Piven in it too. Amazing in his role. Arguably, this is, he's do you, right? Do you see <laughs> this cast, man? Like this is Vince Vaughn and Will Ferrell in their prime, obviously. But we should do a Will Ferrell top billing soon. This could this could be his best character besides uh, Ron Burgundy, but uh, man. oh my god, he's got dude! Reinhold, he's got a bunch, man. Unbelievable! He had James Carville in this movie for a debate. Like, right. how did they freaking but get him? He's also in Wedding Crashers, which is a weird thing to say. Like James Carville's oh, in. Two. You're right. He's at, he's at the wedding, the Cleary wedding, right? Right. Like, oh, you're right. But like, who this... the hell is is who's who's friends with him? Is Vince right. Vaughn secretly best friends with James Carville? He is friends with so many people Are that you just wouldn't expect. Best friends? 
It's like, <laughs> but unbelievable earmuffs, dude. Like earmuffs, the baby. He's low key a terrible parent, but also the best parent in this movie. He, I, the, I, I think you could honestly say this is his best role. Like non, dude. You know how I feel about that, Vince Vaughn's. No. Well, besides wedding crashes, I think this is best Jeremy minor Ray, role. Till I die, Jeremy but that's he's like he's kind of like the type of movie for me. But he's the main character in that. Like this, he's like this is his best like non main character role ever. I don't even know why because he's not the main character. In wedding crashes. It's definitely the other Wilson brother, right? Yeah, we don't have to get a whole debate about that now. But yeah, all I know is he is. He, that was like the beginning of the Vonnaissance, I like to call it. You got the Vonnaissance. Right? You got Vonnaissance. You got 04 Dodgeball going toe to toe with Stiller. Then you got 05, right? When you got Wedding, wedding Crashers. You have arguably his best performance is Jeremy Gray. The man is a certified stud. That was the beginning of the Vonnaissance. Okay? Great pick, old school number one. Old school. Anything else you want to say before we move on? Move on. Number two, it's obvious. Give me Animal House, baby. Mm. Give me Animal House. Talk about these. Both of these movies, actually, now I'm thinking about it, could be in my top five funniest movies ever. Top five comedies, both of them. Um, oh. Old school, I tell my friends to watch it, right? Most of the time, they come back saying, that was hilarious, right? It, it, this movie was made back in 1978. That seems like forever ago. Literally over 40 years ago. It still hits. It still hits. Definitely. John Belushi, still hits. All right? Then you have Tim Matheson. Right? Maybe the smoothest character in movie history. Okay? Maybe the smoothest. Right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. up there. No, he, yeah. He, I'm uh, thinking. I, I can't. Dean Wormer's uh, wife. Yeah. I'm yeah. Too. The guy that was a certified stud. Uh, we got Otis in the band. This is this blue. We're talking about Wedding Crusher so much. We're talking about Shout. Okay, maybe one of the most recognizable movie songs of all time. And mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. opposed to old school, that was just college kids. They were legitimate college kids. Old school, you had like the Jeremy, <laughs> not Jeremy, sorry, uh, Vince Vaughn's, you had Frank the Tank, right? They're yep. trying to live the glory days. These people are living their glory days. They're worried about getting kicked out of school. They're worried about partying too hard, right? And screwing up their future, right? When you have old school. Worrying right? in quotes. <laughs> Yes, yes, definitely in quotes. By the end of it, they're worrying. Also, one of the best endings to a movie of all time and the funniest endings of all time. It's just an all-time movie. Mm-hmm. And so many iconic moments, dude. I have to go Animal House number two. Let's move on. Definitely a classic. And I'm going to connect with Animal House a little bit. Here we go. This For is my second pick. Going to get. Interesting. I'm going to go National... Lampoons Van Wilder. Whoa! That's your second rounder. That's wow. being a second. Well, I it's a snake. It's a snake. It's a snake, right? We're doing a snake. Wait, so wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! No, we just go. Yeah, I want to do forth. snake. There's only two of us. Fine, 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 fine. I'm still <laughs> holding crazy. to it. I'm still holding to it because underrated movie, not just in college, just in general, underrated. Ryan Reynolds and this is phenomenal. The typical. Like king of the school, except it's in college with a golf cart. How cool is that? He goes into halftime of the basketball team to pump him up by saying, I'll throw you the greatest party of all time. And yes. they win, and then he throws the greatest party of all time. And Tim Matheson, his father, gets he's in <laughs> comes the into the frame. That's so, honoring, that's honoring college movie history right there. Exactly. You have to appreciate that. You cannot forget this movie in Van Wilder. The first time you're watching this and you're just, you see Ryan Reynolds in this, he looks, number one, so much younger. Like, Dude, this was his breakout role. But his breakout I was going to say, breakout role. And 
you really think that during this time in 02, right? American Pie was the year before and American Pie. 2000, 2001. Oh, 2001. Yeah. And American Pie 2 was still popular and American Wedding was coming just the year after 03. So you're just, this kind of got stuck in the middle of that type of comedy, right? This is like right before Just Friends with Amy Smart. Yep. So this kind of got stuck in an awkward time and people forget this movie and they shouldn't because this is an all-timer. Tara Reid. Tara Reid. Tara Reid. Like she was hotter so, in this movie than any other. Not even close. Yes. Yes. Not even, like, when Rock I first movie. saw this movie and I saw her in that, I immediately go, that's the hottest girl <laughs> I've ever seen. And, and, and like, I obviously saw this like when I was uh-huh. younger, but I saw American Pie beforehand and American Pie 2 before this movie. American and I Pie 2 go, was definitely glow up for her. Right. And but bang, I definitely, this movie, she was hotter in than right. the, the American Pies. But That's a great pick. Uh, number I, I, two, Van like Wilder. I do like that pick. Uh, I think second round might be a little high, but uh, I think my next pick will be kind of similar. I'm going to go with Accepted, okay? I thought you were going to go there. Okay. i got to go Accepted. I believe it's 2006. Talking about the entrance of uh, certain actors, Jonah Hill, breakout role. <laughs> Jonah this is You want to touch my wiener? Before... <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Ask me about my oh, yeah. wiener. <laughs> okay, so when he, like, literally, he is so fat in that movie, it's insane. Talk about weight fluctuations. That's mm. Jonah Hill at literally his biggest. The guy was an absolute unit, okay? Unit. Him in the hot dog suits all the time. But this was, like, during this, like, 06. This is, like, two years after Dodgeball. I was a big Justin Long guy, okay? I Like, he, he was one of those guys who's lost in the mid, like, he got lost after the mid-2000s. That was, like, his, that was his peak. South Harmon mm-hmm. Institute of Technology, right? S-H-I-T. Unbelievable name. Yeah. And then uh, Glenn, right? Glenn, the, the cook. Remember him? <laughs> Adam Hirsch. got about 10 feet. <laughs> He's like, you're upset. And they got Louis Black going nuts as the, uh, the fake Dean. But it's just like, um, oh, the all-time quote. The all-time quote from Louis Dean. I have the Tim Duncans, 2002. I want... The pumps. Oh, the, yeah, that's when Re- Reebok pumps, dude, were massive. Yeah. I right? ain't got no pumps. I got the Tim Duncans. No right? I used to quote that movie so goddamn much, dude. And mm. uh, uh, so also it kind of resonated as I got older. And, like, I realized, like, some people weren't sure what they were doing after uh, college. Some people went different Definitely. routes. It kind of it resonated with me a little more as I grew older, and uh, like at the time I was watching, I'm like, I don't know even know what's really going on. I'm like, I'm just gonna go to college. Like, you don't really think about those other op- those o- mm-hmm. those other opportunities or those missed opportunities. So it's a pretty impactful movie, I guess. I don't know. It's obviously a ridiculous concept. Well, it's but, uh, such a unique and ambitious project, and oh yeah. I so, thought like, it worked perfectly for the time. Yeah. Like, this is another early 2000s Lively too? holy hell oh. we're talking we're going from Terry Reed Van Wilder to Blake Lively okay what a pull by Justin Long um, uh, unbelievable also what song do you think of uh when you hear about the movie accepted what song do you think of uh it's I can't think of the name but I could the drum kick let the drum kick yeah let drum kick, drum kick. Yeah. yeah so uh, that <laughs> that song it's like when he's sad he's walking around the campus right yep and then he's going Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> he passes Unbelievable the stat. I think yeah. about that every time with this movie. And then the court scene, right, where Justin Long has that long Who do you want to be when you grew up? Yeah. Play like, the trombone. Who, who did you want to be? Yes, exactly. And then he gets the people going, and then he's like, oh, yeah. like, it's a real, like, 
it's almost like an emotional moment. Like that got to me. I oh, was like, damn, this is another like, thing. That was so, good acting. At least I felt like it when I was 10, but like, I was like, I, right. So I'll, I'll watch this anytime it's on cable. Oh yeah. And another thing is, so in our household for New Year's Eve, when we were younger, our parents were, didn't get a babysitter. They used, they wanted to be with us. What we would do is we would rent three to four movies from Redbox or Blockbuster when it was still Usually around RIP. Saying which one either. And right. And this is 06. So I was eight years old or nine years old at the time. And I was watching this movie. But the thing that resonated with me most besides Blake Lively was when he takes Blake Lively back to her, his room and he had the coolest college dorm room of all time with the lights where you can clap. I was amazed by, it. I was like, this uh-huh. kid must be rich. Like this yeah. kid must be amazing. Like I was thinking like, that kid crazy. was living the life dude. Right. Like running the school. <laughs> dude, he, was, he was fair wilder of that. Movie. It was his. Yeah. yeah. Justin just long just compared to Ryan Reynolds. Unbelievable. Yeah. I still got let the drum kick in my head. I think we should do that as like the closer to the episode potentially. That's yeah. Cool. That's kind of perfect. Yeah. It's, it's, and then I also think of coach Carter when I hear that song too. It's like either. Yeah. One. Uh, but that's enough of accepted. Let's move on. What's your third. Uh, pick? So, so I really wanted to get Van Wilder and I knew you were going to go accepted, but I, I honestly, I had to go Ryan Reynolds over Justin Long. But my next pick, I'm going to do a value pick here. I, it is, I think you're going to pick this next, so I'm going to steal it from you. I'm going road trip. Road trip with John Williams Scott. <laughs> it, was, it was number four on my list. I knew it. I see. Oh, Incredible. Man. Dude, these are all such like 2000 throwbacks. Yes. For what an era for comedy. Yeah, right right the before the Apatow. Oh, but um, road trip, 2000. Sean William Scott, right when American Pie comes, he's doing this movie, and he's not even the main character, but he steals the show. Him and Tom Crean steal the show in this movie. Or Tom Green. Did I say Tom Crean, uh, basketball coach for Georgia? Wow. But <laughs> Tom Green was unbelievable in this movie as just that, that comic relief on top of the comic relief. Just something to keep a, a different storyline to keep track of that is absolutely hilarious. And with the snake – yeah. In, the, in, the, in, the mice. in the mouse and the mice yes yeah, yeah. um and just the actual story behind this movie like we should look up the log line for this movie it oh must be ridiculous tom green dude tom green like the whole story is about like the boys making the trip tom yes green, i have it right here so electric like during that time period he had the, his like the tom green show and he was doing mm-hmm. that stuff like he was also someone lost in 2000s that really didn't get his due he was kind of yes, like, he didn't get he his like the respect the he deserved. Before Jackass or like during Jackass, I don't really. I gotta figure. Well, he's also Canadian. He's Canadian too, right. so he yeah. made his big thing on YouTube. Slash, kind of even before YouTube, he was doing um, pranks on his dad and stuff like, like literally t- taking apart their car and just spray painting funny stuff on it. Such a goon. But um, so road trip. The, so the, weird too. So this movie, if you haven't seen it in two thousand, made in two thousand, go see it. If you, uh, find it if you haven't seen it. A group of students embarked on on an epic road trip from Ithaca, New York, to Austin, Texas, in a race against time to save their friend's relationship. And the the point of the story is to save their relationship because he sent a sex tape to his girlfriend. Right, like, Breck and Meyer, dude. Breck and Meyer. Yes, Breck and Meyer. Right? So Breck and so, Meyer is also like all these so, guys. So uh, Tom Green's taking care of the kid's snake, <laughs> and just this movie gets wild. 
very Dude, wild. The, the, the Just black a fraternity great, scene is the best scene. Yeah, the fraternity scenes in this movie. The no, when the guy goes up to the black. Yes, and the dancing, the and, and then you have yeah. DJ Qualls' character get with like uh, the big black chick. It's yeah, like, you just like, have to see this movie. Some, and the dance scenes, like they're the dance the, scenes, the, all the time. Dance scene in a movie. Great, that, uh, could, I think the movie's made in two thousand. Great early two thousand movie. Yeah, two thousand movie. Um, you know who directed this movie, David? Yes, I do. I did my research, kid. Todd Phillips. Oscar-nominated director. Unbelievable. So my third pick, right? Third, yeah, third pick, Road Trip. Road trip. Okay. It was on my list. Um, next one, I got to go American Pie 2. I'm going to go okay. American Pie 2. You could argue that it's not really a college movie because a lot of it takes place on a summer in the lake, but – I think that's a part of college, right? I agree. Summer with the boys, right? Summer with your friends, renting out a house, okay? Maybe not doing uh, a fancy internship at some point. Maybe you're painting houses, okay? But you're really only concerned about uh, basically drinking and then uh, meeting the opposite sex, right? And that's what American Pie is all about. It's the whole franchise. But uh, there is – if you if I want to make the argument, like it's it's not a college movie, dude, the opening scene of that movie is so amazing, when uh, Mr. Levitt yes. is going to pick up Jim, and then Jim is obviously trying to score with the chick, <laughs> and then Mr. Levinson walks in on him with the apple pie, drops it, just incredible. Then the girls' parents walk in. A little throwback to the first one. It's the ultimate like American Pie opening with the awkwardness and the apple pie was just the cherry up to cherry on yeah. top. Yeah, um, it's tough to follow up from number one, like American Pie one, but this is such an underrated movie in the trilogy because I love, one and three kind I find of it so much more rewatchable I, I find it so much more rewatchable than the first one mm-hmm. in my opinion um, yes it's, it's a fun one and then uh i mean the lesbian scenes right the lesbian another scene the house, another, just it's college movies like this is what we're talking about with college movies right yeah, movies being made right now probably not you're not making these movies no and you gotta wait like, a lot of stuff but okay so you have american by two but we're going to go just literally right when you say that, that they aren't making these type of movies right now. I'm going to go with a type of movie that they've transitioned to in the college scene. And that's 22 Jump Street. Good call. Good 22 call. Jump Street, 2014. So our early, the latest film that we had so far was 06, right? 06 accepted. So uh-huh. we're going now to this modern generation of movies, the movies that are accepted nowadays. And the chemistry between Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum from 21 Jump Street even developed even more in 22 Jump Street and Ice Cube and his daughter all time just surprise and that dynamic was amazing unbelievable in this movie and I honestly think that this like 22 Jump Street I think I think 21 Jump Street is a better movie but if you had both of them both both of them on TV I would watch 22 Jump Street it's funnier. I think it's funnier. And they're both hilarious movies, yes. dude. And uh, I think Ice Cube is like, Ice Cube is a little over the top in the first one. The second one with his like daughter and like Jonah Hill, I think it's perfect. And then uh, just like the party atmosphere, I mean, Channing Tatum gets his due. I think yes. Jonah Hill is almost funnier being the loser. Okay. That's I agree. More entertaining. But uh, dude, that's a great pick. Also on my list. Mm-hmm. All right. What do you got for your fourth? Okay, I'm going to go a little bit off the grid here. It's definitely on your list. I don't know if it would be on anybody else's, but it's a movie that didn't get a lot of press, right? It's not. I think I know what you're going with. It's it's widely, uh, I would say it's pretty critically acclaimed, okay? Uh, Everybody wants some, 
Mm. Okay, I'm gonna go. Everybody wants some directed by Richard Linklater. Uh, came out a couple of years ago. I, I don't even think he got a 2016. wide. I don't even think he got a wide opening, like a, a, a country wide opening. But uh, I agree. I don't Richard think Linklater, did right? It's the guy from uh, who directs School of Rock with Jack Black. He's the guy who did Boyhood. But everybody wants some. It's like 1970 set baseball team in college. Right? Guys love to party. Also during the summer, primarily. Um, the party scenes are electric and the lingo that they use is like from the seventies and they're all like hardos. Like mm-hmm. if they're playing like a drinking game, they'll like smash the board and they're like, they'll like get in fights. Right. They're like a bunch of hardos. Um, it has a lot of young actors that are like starting to come into the prime. Wyatt Russell, like Kurt Russell's yep. son. You have Tyler Hawklin. Okay. Who's a guy who plays Superman on Supergirl. And he's, he's also in uh, Palm Springs. It just came out, but, uh, I just love the way the guys interact. If you're a girl, you probably don't like that movie as much. If I'm thinking about it, you th- would you agree with that? Flicks. It's more, yes. it's more about the boys, like it's, it, no, no, it is a boy. It, it's for the boys movie. Yeah, it's focusing a boy, on the first great, week. That's way to describe it. It's a FTP. Yeah. Yep, definitely. But uh, it also has like that American Pie two vibes, where it's just looking to get drunk and then like. Swear. Yep. Yeah, I think this movie was like like you said for the boys. Great watch just to see like relive those glory days in college like syllabus week or you're just like thinking back like when you're hanging out with your friends or your team boys or girls just great to see that but for me this movie is a little too corny for me to put in my top billing they're so 70s on purpose right but yes i I agree and sometimes the acting was just uh, yeah a little too over the top so, like, 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 when they get pissed off during the drinking games, like, it was, like, it was way too much. And they did yeah, like, like, pranks against each other that were crazy. Like, like it was just, like, unbelievable. But I right. love that. I loved it. It's a, it's a yeah. fun watch, man. It's a great watch. Yep. I totally yeah, agree. So, good pick. pick. Good pick. I definitely think – I definitely – so, my last pick, I definitely think – I, I definitely think that I uh, got the value here. Neighbors. Okay. Neighbors. 2014. Incredible. I, I think I'm shocked it got here. I know if Nez was here, it definitely would not have gotten here. But you know what? I'm going to take advantage we, of his we, absence. We wouldn't, have, we, we wouldn't have been able to do the draft, I don't think. I don't have enough. I, have to, I don't know. I, I think we could have. I definitely I definitely on my board. I have a lot on my board. But all right, so going to the neighbors here. 2014. Again, a different era of college movies, like I said, with 22 Jump Street. Same year as 22 Jump Street interesting to see like both of these are summer movies the differences between them you have Channing Tatum versus Zac Efron right those young studs that aren't necessarily critically acclaimed actors but everyone loves them they have a huge following Instagram workouts like a huge following and you still have Seth Rogen a genius behind writing uh, some of the greatest comedies of our time like Superbad right Mm -hmm. and Knocked Up so I think that this movie really showed the fraternity style nowadays, they did a great job inter- uh, interpreting it and showing it on the big screen. Not necessarily is everything realistic, but I think that it was such a good spin of a college movie focusing on a neighbor of a frat. I think that was such a unique idea. And Seth Rogen was fantastic as this. But my final thought on this movie is Ike Barinholtz, his friend in this movie, unbelievable actor, doesn't get his claim enough because there's not as many movies that suit him he got blockers and was unbelievable in that as well but he's still kind of strung back because he was a good dad in the end but when you see him full force 
full force, overblown, doing crazy stuff like he does in this movie. He is the best. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna neighbors. say, it. I'm gonna say it, dude. He is my favorite supporting comedic actor going today. If I he, know, like, if I know he's in a movie, I know he's going to be the scene stealer. Yes. Oh, he is going to be the funniest guy. Hits the screen every line, even before he said he says it. The way he delivers it, his timing, and the like, just as, as I said, his delivery. It's so good. It's so good. And his career is about to take off too. Um, something that we have we didn't ch- talk about in the, the checkup because we had so much to talk about today is that we had uh we have a John Belushi movie coming right. Ike Barinholtz is going to be playing right Dan Aykroyd which is going to be fascinating. Great. I love that. I can't wait for that uh, biopic. And also another cameo or uh, as like the comedic guy um, is in sisters with Tina Fey. Uh, like that movie when sisters with, uh-huh. uh, I, I think that he was great in that. And, but that was also kind of pulling him back from his strong suit, which is kind of out of the box crazy. Right. He was still hilarious in that, but he still wasn't like neighbors where he's going full throttle give me all the booze and drugs. Like, give me everything, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> I love this movie. I love him. Neighbors 2014, my last pick. Dude, that's a great value at five. I think it makes up for your second rounder with Van Wilder. <laughs> no, it's not bad. It's not bad. No, but, yeah, um, yeah. I'm so torn. I see a lot on the board right now. I, I see a lot, but I don't see a lot that I like, right? I love one the or two. Mr. The Mr. Irrelevant here is going to be something interesting. I'm going to talk it out loud. Don't give me any tips or anything, but I'm just going to tell you what I'm thinking. Does that sound good? Spin it. Spin it. So immediately, I'm a big back-to-school fan, but I already had my old movie taken with Animal House, right? I love myself some Rodney Dangerfield, but I can't go old again, right? I'm trying to think about how this is going to come up if we post on social media, Revenge of the Nerds. I can't go old again, right? Um, you could, I could, I could, I could, Ugh, man, that was the, uh, that was the last one that really sh- stuck out to me. So give me, give me a, I'm looking at, you might need a shot clock hitch. Perfect. Right. That's one. I don't want to do that. Uh, no, 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 no. you could water go boy, water boy. Yeah, you could go college, college, uh, football movie. No, a college football movie. There's a bunch. And I know, I know, but I don't, I don't really like that idea. Best high school, best college, best football movies are like uh, high school movies. Drumline. Oh, you have Rudy. Shit, yeah, that doesn't count. It's not like a college. I don't agree. The Express. They don't college count. movie. Okay, so I, let me, I wasn't gonna go I with this. I go Spring Breaker. <laughs> you, you can do a lot of things right now. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm shot clock. I know. Give me a, give me a countdown. Give me a countdown. Ten, eight, six. Five, four, three, two. Pick us in. Back to school. Back to school. Pick us in. Back to school. We're going with Rodney Dangerfield, okay? We're going old school, right? I know this might not play well with the newer listeners that listen to this. I know we have a lot of young people, but that is an incredible movie, okay? I'm a big fan. I used to watch it a lot when I was younger. Honestly, I haven't seen it in a long time. But uh, Thornton Mellon is an all-time character. One of Rodney's. Best, arguably his second greatest character, following his role in Caddyshack. Um, he, mm-hmm. I mean, if I went to college with my dad, I would want my dad to be like Thornton Mellon. Yeah, and I agree. Like partying, throwing the parties, Mike. Like, Bending dough in, in the actual 
movie at the kid who wants to be more studious, all right, looking to have a long-term girlfriend, then Roddy Dangerfield, Thornton Mellon's just going ham, right, throwing all the parties, putting in a hot tub, okay? And then all of a sudden, and the ending is incredible with him being an like, Olympic, a collegiate-level diver, okay, yeah. at the age of, like, He almost said Olympic but, there. Whoa. Yeah. The way, the way they made it look in that movie is pretty damn good. But, um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm a, like, I, I think that's a strong pick just based on Rodney Dangerfield's strong performance. And it's like kind of a interesting, it's a movie that's been copied a lot over the years. Like recently Melissa McCarthy was in a movie that where she went back to college. Okay. Where you're mm-hmm. the older person. Oh, I'm trying to fit in. Right. Almost like old school a little bit, but obviously old school, they're much younger. Okay. Right. But it's like that type of dynamic that's been copied. So that's what I'm going with back to school. No, I think. Five. No, I think that's a great pick and definitely one of, like, if you think pure college movies, you're going to think that as one of the first ones, right? 1986, back to school, done. But I think two things that jump out of me, like, besides Rodney Dangerfield, that jump out to me with this movie is one, Robert Downey Jr. Yep. Holy I, I, crap. I, I, He's in this movie. Yeah. And if you look He's at He's that weird roommate of the. Uh, eyed hair. Yep. Right? He's in weird science, too. Like, he's like. A yeah. Weird- like that was during his died. bad stage of drugs and things, well, right? He, I mean, his. I mean, you could argue he never got out of that stage if you like, because that mm-hmm. stage continued into the nineties. Like, uh, yeah. And then, but if you looked at him in that movie and you think that, and you would think that he's like the highest, one of the highest grossing actors of all time, mm-hmm. you would turn into that. You'd be like, you would, your, you, your mind would be blown. You wouldn't be thinking that you're going to be crying in a movie theater in thirty so, years about so his weird. death in a movie. It's so weird in that movie. It might be his mm-hmm. like, first movie. But uh, definitely is one of his first. That does jump out. What was the but, second thing? And the second thing is Keith Gordon, Roger Dangerfield's son. What is he up to? Right. He might have retired. He had pretty big 80s, like mid, mid 80s. He wasn't in like the Brat Pack with like Andrew McCarthy yeah. and like Rob. Oh, right. He was in Christine. But that was before. But that, that was in 83. That, that was a great horror movie from the 80s. Yeah, I but that was before this. But uh, yeah. So, but uh, I thought. He was like a nice, innocent actor. He was good. He kind of reminds me of like Andrew McCarthy. But, uh, yeah, anything to add before we uh, close out here? Flicks. Yeah, no, he, he's definitely retired. He, he's not, he wasn't in a lot after that. He kind of – he was in a lot Probably runs until like 92 at Midnight Clear. But then after that, I don't know any of these movies. You get a lot of those random, like, 80s actors who just stopped after the 80s because they went too hard and they decided yeah. to open up a, a, some random business. And then mm-hmm. they're doing, and then you hopefully they're doing well right now. Yeah. Well, all right. So we have our top fives. Come back to acting. We're but mm-hmm. yeah. So we have our top fives. Any honorable mentions that you want to spit out here? Um, Besides the ones that you said uh, when you were debating. I, I, I didn't want to put Pitch Perfect on my list, but I did really mm-hmm. like that first movie. I was a Pitch Perfect guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you said Revenge of the Nerds. That would have been a good one for me. Yeah. A little too much of a high school type movie with the varsity letter jackets. A little too I, high schooly for me. And like the thing at the end, so I'm glad you didn't go with Water that Boy. one. Waterboy. Waterboy. Neighbors two. Neighbors two. Yeah, I, I couldn't go. It's a um, war movie. I know, I know, you couldn't. Um, I don't Monsters think I University. I'm not a big fan of. One. You can't do Monsters University. I know. I, if you wanted to go animated, I know. Um, when I was putting together my short list, I didn't. I didn't feel like this was enough of a college movie because it wasn't enough in college. Um, but the Social Network. Oh, and but, man, would that have counted? I don't think that's it. I don't think I, I think it's the best movie of this past decade, but I, I don't think it counts as a college movie, right? Like, you, I, don't I don't know, know right? Man. It's close. It's borderline. Did we leave off the social network for 
top five best college movies? Do we do that? Because it count? It's it's kind feel of, like it, the beginning feels like a college movie. Right, of course, when he's in sandals going to work. But I don't know. Um, another one. Another one that I really wanted. To I put didn't on. even because I, I kind of thought that as like a, like a business. I don't know. I just, yeah, I right. Exactly. It's kind of a great I, business I, movie. I, I think of business dynamics and stuff like that. But I can't yeah. believe that. That's unbelievable. Um, another one I thought of, which is a little different. Dude, I'm like to, literally about to punch the wall that I didn't say that. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. I, I thought of a little different approach to the college story is A Beautiful Mind. That one's kind of a college movie, too. You see him, he, he just looks so old, so you don't really think of that. But he's in college for half the movie, and then he's a te- uh, professor for the other half of the movie. So you don't really think of that, but it's on a college campus, and it shows his struggles during college and as a professor. And I think that w- would have been valid as well. Um, that, that was tough to leave off the list for me personally. I'm looking at our list right now. They're all so centered on like Comedies. actual partying. That's college though. Yeah. So that's why I'm I glad we I'm, did that. Right. Right. Cause uh, it's, like, if I'm looking at the list and I'm still hung up on the social network is mm-hmm. that it's like, that one's so dark compared to these ones. Yeah. Well, th- speaking of dark, speaking of dark, two others that were on my list, uh, honorable mentions, whiplash but i don't consider that because that's kind of a unique college experience and they don't really focus on the college aspect at all bad pick either yeah and 21 21 and over or 21 no 21 like casino movie with kevin spacey yeah, kevin remember spacey. the ks the bad ks oh, yeah, we don't say that we don't say that here bleep yeah, that out the man with no name uh you don't say his name um 21 i think it's interesting as a college movie but not centric enough. dynamic exactly right? Um, I don't count the gambler, but that would be another one now that I think about it with Mark Wahlberg. I just don't think that movie's very good. But oh, my last honorable mention: Legally Blonde. Had to say that one. All right, that one's hilarious. So recapping, we got uh, Ricky Flex with Old School, Van Wilder, Road Trip, Twenty Two Jump Street, and Neighbors. Mm-hmm. Then we have Doctor Rowe, myself with Animal House, Accepted, American Pie Two, Everybody Wants Some, and Back to School. Okay, so that's gonna do it for our wow. top fives. Uh, our top billing. Um, and that does it for our episode. Okay. So that was a good one, Flix. Um, mm. We're back, right? Next episode, we're either, either reviewing uh, Tenet or we're doing uh, Devil All the Time. Devil All the Time popping on Netflix tomorrow. From I don't know if I could withhold Tenet thoughts any longer. I, I'm gonna, I think I have to see it again, but uh, I'll be ready to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Great episode. Great episode. Oh.